Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, and welcome to Extra Time, a web-only sports program from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Joe Porter. In the program this week, we talk to the Highlanders' inform fullback Ben Smith as he prepares to make his 50th appearance for the Super Rugby Southerners. We pick the brain of coach and four-time Olympic gold medalist Ian Ferguson after the announcement of the New Zealand canoe sprint team for the London Games. We speak to New Zealand equestrian Mark Todd to discuss his Olympic chances after his top horse was ruled out of London with an injury. We chew the fat with Olympic-bound women's track cyclist Jamie Nielsen as the endurance riders take on the national road race championships in Hawke's Bay and we catch up with New Zealand footballer Jeremy Brockie after an 11th hour deal saved his Australian A-League club the Newcastle Jets from being dissolved. Ben Smith has played a key part in the Highlanders' success this Super Rugby season as they look to maintain their push for a playoff spot. The 25-year-old has played for the All Blacks in two games at their end-of-year tour in 2009 and was unlucky not to make the World Cup winning team of last year. Jacob McSweeney talked to Smith in South Africa about the Highlanders this season and what he's doing to improve his game. Obviously, I want to work on... Um just making high ball work and strength and, and making sure that I'm really dominating up in the air and, and that kind of thing. And, yeah, and just make, making sure that my running game, I'm making the right decisions and, and taking the right options. All right, Ben. So how's your season going this year? How's the season going? Yeah, it's good. Um, obviously, we just snuck in there against the Cheetahs and we've had a few close wins, but I'm um, really looking forward to playing the Sharks this weekend. Are you happy with how you're playing? Uh, yeah, reasonably happy. Obviously, there's a few things I'd like to um, improve. Um, reasonably happy, yeah. The Highlanders in general, you guys are having a good season? Yeah, we are. And we're, we're grinding up those close, um, those close wins, which is, which is um, giving the team confidence. It's one of our strengths this year that we, we know what to do when we get into those tight situations, which is helping us out on the points table. Okay, and you enjoy working under Jamie? Yeah, Jamie's, um, he puts a lot of effort in and and you can see with his reviews and, and his analysis that he does that he does a lot of work behind the scenes and uh, you know he's got the respect of all the boys and um, yeah, he's, he's done he's done wonders for the Highlanders over the last couple of years. You've got some experienced lads around you. You've got Allison, Gear, etc. Uh, how's that working for you? Yeah, it's great, and, and they really uh, you know they're helping my game out and always uh, you know helping me with. Uh, you know, things to work on and, and ways of getting around the opposition. So it's good to have those boys there and, and they, you know, help my game a lot. Are you finding it easier to play inside at the Forsyth Bar Stadium? Yeah, it's nice playing in the in the new stadium. Obviously, always um, great conditions in there with um, with the roof and, and, you know, it's just, it's good for running rugby, which we like to play. So, yeah, it's, you know, we love getting in there and playing in, in that stadium. Obviously, playing in South Africa is always a bit different. What are your thoughts on playing on as a comparison uh, in South Africa? Well, yeah, they're actually, obviously, they're um, pretty hard and fast tracks over here. At altitude, it's sort of, you got to take that into consideration over here, you know, making sure that you're judging those kicks because the South African teams like to kick it a lot and, and put you under pressure up in the air. So, 
that's one thing that you've, you've got to you know take into account over here. But uh, you know we've got a pretty good stadium back home, and it's always exciting to get in there because it's uh, good for running rugby. So you know good playing at both rivers. Okay, and um, for yourself, have you got All Blacks ambitions? Yeah, I have, but I, I'm just not looking um, you know too far forward. I just want to play as well as I can for the Highlanders, and if that's enough to get me you know in there, then that'd be great. But at the moment, just Concentrating on playing as well as I can do for the Islanders. There's a few fullbacks that are playing well at the moment. What What do you think you've got yeah, to do uh, to put your hand up, get get ahead? Um, oh, look, I'm just going to um, play as well as I can for Highlanders and, and stick to our team patterns that we've got. And yeah, I just think playing as well as I can do in the structures that we have, and and when I get opportunities, making sure that I'm taking them in the game, and, and that would probably be the one thing that I can do. Do you enjoy playing centre and wing and, and being a versatile player? Yeah, I do. I, I enjoy all positions in the back line. I've sort of had a bit of a crack of everywhere. So, um, yeah, I think fullback would be my um, preferred position, but I also enjoy playing, you know, if it's centre or second five on the wing. You know, I like having a crack in there, and, and I think it helps out your game being able to play a few positions. OK. Um, you've got a Commonwealth gold medal in Rugby Sevens. Have you got your eye on the Rugby yep. Sevens at all and um, the 2016 Olympics? Uh, no, I'll... Obviously, I don't know how old I'll be at this stage. Look, if um, you know, if there's a chance to play at, at at that point, I'd love to. But I'd say that there'll be a lot of competition come um, Olympics time, and you know, um, you know, there'll be a lot of other players that'll um, you know be trialling up for to make that team. Okay, so back back to the this week. Um, what do the Sharks offer up? The Sharks, uh, you know, they they play a big, powerful game, and they really get their forwards involved in the game, and and they like to, uh, you know, they like to bring a power game and and dominate you at the at the breakdown. And I think they'll, um, you know, they'll use their backs off the back of that. So, you know, they'll look to, you know, really get over the game line with your forwards, and then and then use your backs off that. So, um, obviously, we've got ways around that. And yeah, I think they they're just a really dangerous team in general. Ben Smith talking to Jacob McSweeney. The New Zealand Olympic canoe sprint team was announced this week and is headed by world champion Lisa Carrington. Carrington's event, the K1 200, will be on the Olympic program for the first time. The five-strong team also includes Athens Olympic silver medalist Ben Fui in the K1 1000, four-time Olympian Stephen Ferguson and Daryl Fitzgerald in the men's K2 1000, and Erin Taylor who will team up with Carrington in the women's K2 500. The canoeists leave Tuesday to compete at two World Cup events in Poland and Germany and will remain in Europe through to the London Games. I caught up with coach Ian Ferguson, New Zealand's most successful Olympian with four gold medals, to talk about the canoe team's chances in London. Everyone will be after a medal. We're, you know, we're sort of looking that everyone will make the finals and um, once you're in the finals it's just fine-tuning, a little bit of luck because you know, England can be a bit windy and things and we don't know what the course will do. But um, definitely uh, there's a chance of going begging there. From your you know, vast experience, what are some of those things, you know, talking about race day and, and the variable conditions that you can kind of impart to the team and little tips that might give them a helping hand? One of the things is the Olympics is so, so much pressure on them and my job really is to calm them down, talk to them, keep them 
yeah, keep their mind off the race on race day right up until the last second where they, suddenly they can zoom in and put the energies into it then. We don't want them stressing out and getting too excited beforehand. So I just try and keep them happy, uh, chatting away and not, not too serious till, till race time. And in terms of you know the, the worry about sleepless nights and nerves before the big race and things like that, have you got any wisdom that you can uh, I guess impart to them? We get into a plan earlier on. We by training right and sleeping at the right time, not having different days every day, going sleeping late, uh, staying late and half at, late at night and then early. You just get into a real rhythm, so you get to. 9.30, 10 o'clock and you just want to go to sleep anyway. It's really just rhythm. Yeah. Train hard and you want to go to sleep at the right same time. Get up at the same time, so everything's real rhythm. And in terms of the distractions of the Olympic Village, obviously there'll be a lot of superstars of the of the athletics world rolling around. Are you worried at all about anyone losing focus? No, not at, not at all really. That's um, The whole team's been around, but even Daryl, who's only 21, he, he's still been to a few world champs and He's used to the fact that there's uh, awesome athletes hanging around and things like that, so uh, he'll be sticking to the game plan. And we won't be too involved with the Olympic Village to start with anyway. We'll be in our own village where just the kayakers and rowers probably are, and that, 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 that'll help us. We'll just keep out of the way of everybody. And obviously Lisa Carrington, a very exciting gold medal prospect. Yeah, yeah, she has got a very good chance, but at the same time, you just got to remember she's human and the race... The wind affects thing. I think she's the best, but um, uh, she's got to do it yet. So I hope not too much pressure goes on here, and uh, she she gets out there and does her thing. If she does her thing, she's going to win. And what makes her the best? I think it's just a lot of natural talent. She's very explosive. Uh, she spent years doing it. She's you know she's been coming up since a young girl, and she's always been top of her class and kayaking and. Suddenly one day she just rocketed from nowhere into the, the best and pretty much one quick flash. <laughs> yeah, that rise to, I guess, the uh, K1-200, obviously a new event at the Olympics and something she's very, very strong and it's, it's quite exciting, I guess, and, and it's great for her that that event has been included. It is, and uh, it's great for New Zealand, actually. <laughs> we were cursing about the 200 because it took away the 500 for men's and, the, yeah, and we weren't too happy about it, but uh, now we are. What do you think makes her such so down to earth and so level headed? She does seem to have an old head on her shoulders considering her age. Yeah, oh, she's a Kiwi. Uh, yeah, the, the difference is she is from New Zealand and she's not going to get too carried away because she knows there's not too much to get carried away about. <laughs> you know, you're going to get your gold medal, but she's not going to become the most wicked superstar in history or anything. It's just, and she knows that. She's just going to do her job and she's still Lisa. You know more than anyone what's required to win a medal at the Olympic Games and all the preparation that goes into it. In terms of the progress and the preparation that the athletes are making at the moment, do you feel they're on track? Oh yeah, yeah, and it's um, we're in a really good position being in New Zealand. Uh, the Europeans all have to go, and they're still competing, just about to start competing for their spots and make sure everyone's in. You know, they're doing battle, whereas we'll be going through that stage just doing some good solid training. We'll be still racing with them, but we're not worried about it. And then we'll we'll come up to one big peak, which we've always done well or better at the Olympic Games than we've done in the build-up regattas beforehand, because we build up correct and we're not so tired at the end of the day when we get there. And so, what are the World Cups, the upcoming World Cups, all about? Uh, that's a chance to do a bit of practice, race practice, uh, try your hand against the other teams. We know we're not going to be 100%, we'll be racing about 95% and 
and uh, so we're just here to get some experience, see how our starts go, see how other little bits and pieces go and um, make sure we're doing things right because things will fall off if, at the moment if we're not doing them right and that's what we're looking to keep an eye out for. Four medals? Four medals are realistic? Well, no, you couldn't say we're realistically going for four medals. We've got four chances, um, yeah, and if we get if we get one, we'd be just so lucky. If we get two, even luckier. But getting more than two, it's going to be a hard ask, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. You seem very positive, and obviously everyone's smiling. It's a sunny day, a good time to be involved with it all. Oh, yeah, it is. Um, yeah, we've had damn good weather for a, a good month now, and training's been so good. It's so much better. And where we're training over in Europe, it's almost calm every day, much better than this even. And so we're looking forward to that. Ian Ferguson. The selection announcement brings the New Zealand Olympic team to 85 with a further 100 athletes expected to be named over the coming three months. Mark Todd's challenge for a third Olympic eventing title has suffered a setback with the withdrawal of his top horse because of injury. NZB Land Vision, on which he won badminton last year, has suffered a recurrence of an old tendon injury and will be out of action for three months. Todd is bitterly disappointed, saying he showed last year to be one of the best four-star horses in the world, and he thought that if he got him to the Olympics fit and sound, he would have a good chance at winning a medal. However, the 56-year-old remains available for selection for a record seventh Olympic Games with other horses in his stable, including the 10-year-old NZB Campino. Simon Mersip spoke to Todd, who remains confident that the New Zealanders have the horsepower to do well at the Olympics, but concedes the injury to Land Vision was a major blow. Well, it is a big loss. You know, it's, it's very disappointing. You know, he's, you know, as a last year's badminton winner, he's, he's proven to be one of the best horses uh, in the world, so to lose him is a, you know, is a big blow. There's no um, way he could be ready. No, there's no way he can be ready. I mean, he's uh, the injury have, has is, is not bad, um, but like, if we continued with him, then uh, it would jeopardise his future career. So um, there's no there's no point in doing that. If we if we back off him now, then hopefully he should be fine for next year. Well, how good is uh, the other horse you're now going to ride, Campino? Well, Campino, he's a he's a younger horse. He's um, I did quite a lot with him last year. I took him to the test event uh, at Greenwich Park um, with the idea that if he, if we needed to uh, use him as a backup, then uh, you know he's already had that experience of going round Greenwich, and uh, he did everything that I wanted for him last year, and he ended up uh, he was unlucky not to win the um, international in, in Holland at Bukelo last year. He's come out this spring and uh, he's had very um, consistent performances. He's uh, been competing against uh, you know all the all the the best horses and uh, beating them most of the time. So he he's a horse that uh, um, you know he's certainly capable of uh, of putting up a very very good performance. And Mark, how long have you known that there was a problem with uh, with Land Vision? Well, I mean, he was off for most of autumn autumn last year, um, but uh, he's been back in work for quite a long time now, and he was getting he was just about at the stage where he was ready to to go out and compete. I'd actually entered him for a competition. Uh, he was supposed to compete this week, actually, um, and it was just a routine um, checkup. Uh, he has every sort of uh, every month or every six weeks that sort of uh, showed it up. Um, other than that, we wouldn't have known. Um, 
but you know it's like these things if you catch them early enough uh, then they're not too serious so so uh, unfortunately we had to make the decision that you uh, know in, in his best interests we had we had to stop with him sure so overall how does this affect your olympic chances well you know who knows um maybe maybe campino will end up being better so but um like I say, he, he's the more, Glam Vision is the more experienced horse. Uh, he, he was proven at the very top level. Um, this horse is not proven at top level yet. Um, so we'll just have to, to hope that we can get there. And, and um, you know, I'm, I'm confident that he can put up a very good performance. Does this mean that you have to draw on more of your uh, considerable experience? Yeah, well, I'll certainly have to be at the top of my game as well. Mark Todd speaking to Simon Mercer. And this is Extra Time, a web-only sports programme from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Joe Porter. Waikato's Jamie Nielsen won the bragging rights over her Olympic track cycling teammates at the National Road Race Championships in Hawke's Bay after winning the time trial. The Olympic women's track endurance squad were taking part in the championships as part of a training camp this week before they head to the United States in a fortnight to begin their concerted build-up for London. There was plenty of interest in the Olympic-bound pursuit group of Nielsen, Rushley Buchanan, Lauren Ellis and individual pursuit world champion Alison Shanks. Nielsen was pleased with her strong performance to clock 36 minutes 50 seconds for the 25km distance, with Buchanan third, Shanks fourth and Alice seventh. I tracked down the former rower to chat about the track squad's continuing Olympic preparation and what she expects to encounter in London. We'll be having those specific um, track, track blocks, um, some more time on the road. Yeah, so heading over to the States next month and then, yeah, just getting in the training there, um, onto Bordeaux and then that will lead into London. What are these sort of, I guess, down in Hawke's Bay, the, the road events, how do they help in your preparation? Uh, the, the longer miles on the road, um, just, those, just those long intervals, just um, strengthens your endurance. It just, it just helps and gives you that base when you want to um, work on that speed work. You've got that base fitness there. It complements, I guess, your track work. It's not detrimental at all? Oh, no, it's, it's very complimentary, yeah, especially um, with our event, our three-kilometre event. I mean, sprinting might be a bit different. <laughs> yeah. Is it about peaking for London? Do you worry about you know, perhaps peaking too early or, or things like that? Does that come to your mind at all? Uh, I guess I, I'm trusting the staff that we've got working on the training programs and um, oh, they've got fantastic knowledge and um, yeah, they're, they're, they're covering all those bases and um, yeah, I trust them completely. You've come from another sporting background with rowing. Could you just sort of tell me a little bit, little bit about uh, what made you change sports and I guess how that background in rowing has helped with your cycling? Um, it's definitely helped. Um, I'm I'm a pretty. I've I've got a lot of dedication to my training. Um, you know, there's a lot of discipline in the rowing. Um, I've I've loved my background. Um, it's it's been a lot of fun. Um, I still have a bit of a, a soft spot for rowing. <laughs> um, still enjoy it. But um, the opportunity came up in cycling, and I just had to grab it. And it was just a decision I made, and sticking with it and going for it. Do you think you're a realistic medal chance for London? Yeah, I mean, we're in there to have a good shot at it. Um, yeah, definitely. It's what drives us, really. <laughs> and obviously, uh, heading over to the London Olympics, it's a very exciting time. You know, Did you ever think you would have fulfilled your dream to go to an Olympic Games? Um, yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been like the main, the main goal for a long time in rowing. I remember looking, looking ahead to an Olympics. Um, I watched Rob Waddell win his, win his gold medal in the, in the single scale, and that was 
that was the goal is to get to an Olympics. So to have the opportunity to strive for a medal um, this year is fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And and no yeah. envious looks heading towards the rowing camp? Um, <laughs> oh, it's, just, it's, it's great to have, I mean, to... The heading there, and also there being a rowing team there. A lot of a lot of my mates are in the rowing team, so yeah, it's cool. <laughs> Loving it. Obviously, heading to to the um, athletes' village. Any particular famous athletes out there that you'd really like to bump into? <laughs> um, trying not to, you know, keep my head out of out of what we're doing at the moment, but um, I'm, I'm sure there'll be there'll be people who. Um... <laughs> yeah, no, I'll, I'll be keeping my eyes out for some. Some people, yeah. <laughs> Usain Bolt, Michael Phelps, who are we talking about here? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to stay focused on just what I'm doing, really. Yeah, absolutely, of course. And I mean, yeah. do you ever have worries, I guess, about the you know the grandeur of the event and the distractions of the Athletes' Village being a disruption to your preparation? Um, I mean, there are going to be so many nerves and so many things we have to cope with, and there will be heaps of distractions, but all the preparations, I guess, leading into the event, we're just going to try and um, just focus solely on the stuff we can do to bring a good outcome. And who are the main endurance rivals, do you think, at the Games? Obviously, uh, Great Britain will have a home court advantage, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be pretty noisy in the velodrome. Um, yeah, them, Australia, um, the Canadians are going great. Um, yeah, I'm sure it's going to be, there's going to be some tough competition. It's going to be all on. <laughs> Do you have a set time or a set goal in mind in terms of time that you think will be good enough to get a medal in London? Um, well, the times that have been set at the moment are just incredibly fast. Um, we're just going to, I guess, just knuckle down and see what we can do. There's not really any competitions leading into London. That was Melbourne was the last one. So it's going to be interesting to see what times actually get laid down. And have there been any rewards or incentives on offer? Have anyone offered you perhaps a uh, paid holiday on a boat in Croatia after the Games? Should you get a medal? <laughs> well, I'm open to offers. <laughs> that would be fantastic. But no, no. None is yet. It's just the pure challenge of it that I'm after at the moment. You talk about the nerves just before, and this will be the last question before I let you go. Are you worried about sleepless nights before the big race? I mean, we all know what it's like lying in bed telling yourself to go to sleep because you've got an early start in the morning and it just doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's there's going to be so many things we've got to cope with. Um, sleep, yeah, I guess I guess it's just switching on and switching off. You know, switch on when you have to and you've got to do your training effort when you've got to race. But then it's so important to switch off when you're not doing that and yeah it's going to be suffering it's going to be another one of those challenges <laughs> jamie nielsen newcastle may be back in australian football's a league but the jets may well be missing all white jeremy brocky next season the club's just begun contract talks following the announcement they will play in next year's a league jeremy brocky spoke to richard wayne the day after the news broke that newcastle would be back in the australian competition First of all, must be brilliant news that Newcastle are back in, at least for the club, and regardless of you know yours or any other player's future, just brilliant to have them back in the A League again next season. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, when I when I read the news yesterday, it was uh, I felt so good, and like you mentioned, it's brilliant for for the A League. It's good for Newcastle because there's a lot of supporters last season. I think we averaged over ten thousand members, and 
Newcastle's obviously won a championship as well, so it's good for Newcastle as a city and as football supporters and followers. I'm sure they're very happy to have Newcastle Jets still in the A-League next year also. Yeah, it's good news for other clubs, you know, because instead of having an, an uneven nine-team comp, we've got the full ten now, so it's home and away, you know, regular even numbers. Yeah, for sure. A couple of years ago when there was uneven numbers in the league, it, it was a bit frustrating as a player to be having a having a buy every every so often and uh, so yeah definitely good to get it back to, to the 10 teams hopefully now when Western Sydney can get up and running and they start signing players and, and coaches and, and all the rest so it's, it'll be a good solid competition now. So I understand the contracting process sort of begins about now really uh, have you had any contact yet from the Jets uh, about a new contract? No I haven't heard anything yet um, I, I, I've just been enjoying bit of time off but yeah I guess now that everything's sorted out they'll go through a list of players of who they do want and, and who they don't want and sort it out that way and, and get in touch with players that, that they obviously want to keep in the in the coming days before it gets too late. Well surely you'll be one of the ones in demand I mean you've you, you've proven yourself on the field you know there for a while now and you know a few goals as well uh, we'd all expect them to try and sign you. Yeah, well, look, I uh, obviously enjoyed my football for the last couple of years in Newcastle, and last year was a bit of a one of my, well, not the best season I've had in the A League to date. So hopefully, wherever I play football next year, I can I can carry on um, and build on the rest of what I've done last season. Can you talk about what's been happening contract wise? Because we understand there's possibly been some offers from around the world. Yeah, there's been a, there's a little bit. Been, you uh, offers and a little bit of interest as well uh, in different parts of the world. Obviously, with what happened with Newcastle, every contracted player is probably looking to see if they can secure something at a different place. But look, uh, I don't want to say too much just at this stage, but I am getting closer to to making a decision. And hopefully, over the next couple of weeks, I'm starting somewhere and, and keep getting paid to do what I love to do. Right, well, obviously I'm going to go fishing here, Jeremy. Um, you, you, you say you've, um, you're close to deciding, yet you haven't had an offer from Newcastle. Surely that means that they're nowhere near the running compared to, say, I don't know, the Phoenix or the, a club in the MLS or somewhere in Asia. I mean, can you, can you be any more descriptive about it? Yeah, obviously, um, if, if Newcastle are going to uh, want to keep me around or, or are interested in speaking to me, it's going to have to be um, sooner rather than later because... Like I mentioned before, I was off contract and, and with the situation that was going on in Newcastle, I've been exploring different options, which is no secret to, to a few people. Anyway, so I won't dwell on it or give too much away at this stage, but yeah, I am getting closer to making a decision for what's best for me and, and uh, my partner, my wife. <laughs> Yeah, your wife now. That's that's a big step. So you really have to look to your to your future even more now that you know you you've got a wife involved. Yeah, for sure. Obviously, uh, she she knows what she understands um, how being a professional footballer works, and, and she's happy to to follow me around the world for the next couple of years anyway until I can't play anymore. But um, yeah, you've got to make those sorts of decisions for the whole family now, and she's happy to to go wherever I go. But um. Yeah, we're, we're, we're pretty happy with how things are coming along at the moment. The Wellington Phoenix faithful would, would love to have another all-white in the club there. Can you say whether you've had any talks with them? Oh, look, uh, all I'll say about that is, um, obviously, it's, it would be 
it's always good playing professional football in, in your home country and an opportunity come along, then then I'd, I'd definitely be seriously considering that. I think Ricky has made a couple of comments past that he'd be interested in signing me and and vice versa. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't say too much about Wellington at the moment or, or any other place that I'm talking to, but like I said, if it... Nothing happened by the end of this week. I go on my honeymoon the following week, and the week after that, I'd hope to have something out in the media for everyone to know. And Jeremy Brocky also told Richard Wayne he'd be keen on another Olympic Games campaign with New Zealand should the opportunity arise. Brocky went to Beijing in 2008 and got on the score sheet in the first game against China, which he calls one of his career highlights to date. But he admits the competition for the two remaining over 23 places will be stiff, with the likes of Winston Reid and Shane Smeltz in the mix. And that's the show for this week. Feedback is welcome via sport at radionz.co.nz. You can get the latest sports news anytime on our website, while we'll be back with the next web-only Extra Time show next week. I'm Joe Porter. Bye for now. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.